0: Welcome back to Out the Gate, the podcast about sailing and adventure on and around San Francisco Bay. I'm Ben Shaw, your host for the show and sponsorship for the podcast comes from Shearwater Sailing, a charter business run by Kevin Wasbauer out of Monterey Bay. Kevin offers offshore excursions aboard a fully equipped FAR 53 named Atalanta. If you haven't heard it yet, you can listen to Kevin and me talk about his sailing experience and starting Shearwater Sailing in episode 85 of this podcast. And having sailed on Monterey Bay with Kevin aboard Atalanta, I can tell you she's a fantastic boat. Comfortable, safe, sleek, and fast all at the same time. Shearwater Sailing is coming north to San Francisco Bay at the end of March to attend the GP regatta, and you could be aboard to watch the race. See the foiling catamarans from the special on-water viewing area and possibly visit the race village. Also, Kevin just announced that he's offering an ASA 106 course, Advanced Coastal Cruising, April 8th through 10th. He'll be departing from San Francisco Bay for three days and three nights offshore. There are no prerequisite courses needed to attend this fantastic opportunity to get serious offshore experience, but previous sailing experience is required. You can go to the bookings page of ShearwaterSailing.net for more info on all these opportunities, and that's also where you can get info about Atalanta and Kevin. Or you can reach out to Kevin directly at 650-743-1389. You can also email him at info at to discuss the possibilities of sailing with him. This week, I catch up with Sonia David and Jack Patton, known to many of you, I'm sure, as To The Horizon. Together, they live and sail aboard their Passport 42, along with their Cat Fathom, and run a marine service business together, doing maintenance on other people's boats as well as their own. We talk about how Jack and Sonia very consciously made this life on the water possible. We talk about a recent trip they took to the Channel Islands and their plans to cruise much further afield.
1: So here we go. I am Jack Patton,
2: and I'm Sonia David,
1: and we live aboard our Passport 42 Gemini, and we also have our little salty cat named Fathom,
0: curled up over there on the settee.
2: She had quite the morning. We were making breakfast, and we heard a splash off the stern of our boat, and Uh oops, she fell off the dinghy that was hanging on the davits and went directly overboard. Luckily, she's a great swimmer, so she made it back to the dock, and I just plucked her out with her harness, and she was quite unhappy to be that wet, but besides that, she was totally fine, and she just huddled in the corner for a while, groomed herself till she was back to her normal self chasing crabs on the dock.
0: Do you have a cat (laughs) overboard button on the GPS? As opposed to uh, a man overboard, bud? We,
2: <laughs> we don't, but dollars. we we should. <laughs> it could be a special procedure. Yeah, yeah, that's good.
0: Always wearing her little harness. I'm well, we're sitting on your boat. She is a gorgeous boat. We're going to start with the shakedown cruise that you just had, because you just came back from that. There's a lot to talk about here. But um, since that's fresh in your mind, you recently took Gemini down south to the Channel Islands. and Tell us about the purpose of that trip, and then I'd love to hear more about it.
1: Well, last year we went down after not successfully getting to the Channel Islands the year before. We only made it to Santa Barbara. Um, But this trip was to explore all the places that we didn't see and extend it. Um, We installed a water maker. We installed satellite communications we had now an arch to pull the dinghy out of the water instead of having to lift it out on deck or drag it behind us the whole time we also have a new roller furler which saves me from getting tossed on the bow and or not even putting up the sails because it's too much work so this was our shakedown cruise to first reward ourselves for working our butts off again this year and just get out and use the boat and see what see what shows up as a no-go or a go situation. We left a little bit earlier than we did last year to hopefully get some wind on the way down. And the forecast was pretty much the same. It it was blowing out of the gate. It was blowing all day into the night and then it died in the wee hours and then we motored the rest of the way. Mm. But we just won did one fail swoop. We didn't try to stop at any ports, and it it ended up being two days and almost by the minute. Yeah, it was it was very, huh. very very close to two days exactly. We set our goal to catch a tuna. We really wanted to catch one of the species of tuna while we were gone, so we we really had our fishing caps on. Mm-hmm. Went to the fishing store again before the trip. We we go to the same fishing store every. <laughs> Every trip we go to, and it's like four hundred dollars here, four hundred dollars there. How many more fishing lures and flashers and um but it was it was successful we had uh we attempted to chase down two tuna boils on the way down as we were dragging cedar plugs, but didn't didn't catch any on the way down there okay, but as far as the island's
0: trip, it was wait wait you said it was successful. did you catch any
1: fish we caught? a yellow tail tuna, or a skipjack, as they call them, when we were circling around Santa Cruz Island. Ah, okay. We were dodging lobster pots and kelp, (laughs) and apparently that's where the yellowtail live, we Uh, read afterwards. uh. One of the cedar plugs got caught on kelp, and it was dragging on the surface, and Sonia was down below doing something, and I was like, oh, your, your line's caught. Oh, no, and now the second line's caught, and it was... It was kind of like, oh, man, all right, now we have to, like, maneuver around these crab pots. And then she started pulling it in, and it was really resist. You know, it was was pulling a lot, and it wasn't pulling a lot. It was pulling a lot. I was like, man, that's a fish. Um, (laughs) So we had this whole plan of, like, okay, like, we're going to get up to the side of the boat, like, before we even caught a fish. We're going to get up to the side of the boat. We're going to get the GoPro. We're going to be really calm and take our time and, you know, get the net or the gaff. But then, of course, when it happens, it's like, you know, pull it in, pull it in, pull it in, frantic, slap it on the deck. But it was good. It was over the limit by a couple inches. Sonya got to work flaying it, and we ate like kings.
2: Yeah, that one fish gave us about six meals, I think. Something about there. We had poke bowl and seared steaks. And what else Mm. did we make with it? We made... Oh yeah, we made some ceviche with some of it. You're
0: making just me hungry, which is stuff. surprising because you just fed me this delicious meal here that you cooked up in your galley, but it sounds delicious.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was actually one of the things that we both liked about each other when we met was the fact that we both like to cook and we love to host and share share boat-made meals with other people and Okay, and so
0: since you talk since you're you're going back We'll jump back. We'll get back more to the Channel Islands trip, but how did you meet, and were you both into sailing before you met?
2: We both were sailors before we met. Jack grew up on the East Coast, sailing with his family in the Chesapeake Bay and the Intracoastal Waterway, and his family had a boat there, and they sailed rain or shine every weekend they were out on the water. That was the family event. So that's how he learned how to sail, and I was actually living down in South America with my family. My mom is from Argentina, so we kind of took this big family adventure to move down to Uruguay next door, and that's where I learned how to sail. There was a small local yacht club in the area, and a friend of mine invited me sailing, and I was absolutely hooked, and we went to the yacht club together. We took all the sailing lessons we could and I think it took maybe about a year to get like my yacht club boating license where then I could take out any of their boats whenever I wanted so that was great I mean I was I was 16 when I started so I was like you know instead of going out clubbing all night and partying with all my friends I wanted to be out on the water <laughs> bright and early so um you know that that took priority a lot of the time yeah and then I came back to San Francisco Bay, back to California where I was raised, and I ended up at University of San Francisco in the city, and I was dying to get out on the water because I didn't know anyone in the area and I didn't have a boat and I wasn't a member of any yacht club here, so I really didn't know how to get out on the water. But I heard about Latitude 38 magazine and that they had a crew list online and that's really what got me started. I just reached out to a couple people. I got on any race boat I could and just started doing beer cans and quickly found some, some really cool people to get out on the water with. But I'm not really a competitive racer at heart. So it was really just a means to an end to like get out on the water and have fun. Of course, that didn't always mean that I was in the same mindset as like all the other people racing. Yeah. So I was lucky to find a couple of boats that were pretty low key, pretty chill. They really they still wanted to have fun among other things. Yeah. I quickly began looking for boats to live on because I thought it was like the best idea ever. Like who wouldn't want to live on a boat? I loved the idea of everything having its own place, its own function, everything being small and simple and just being able to be on the water all the time was Like, a huge plus for me. Yeah. I met a woman who used to work at the office of Emery Cove Marina. We were kind of acquaintances, friends, and she invited me out sailing on Jack's boat one day. Hmm. So I just stopped by her boat to see how she was doing, and she was like, well, we're about to go sailing on this new guy in the marina's boat. And then she kind of paused, and she was like, hold on. You and Jack need to meet. (laughs) <laughs> she kind of had like a like an aha moment where she was like, wait, I think you guys would really get along. And he's cool. He's young. He's he's new in town and he's got a really cool boat. Like, just just come sailing with us. So I was like, OK, fine. Like, you know, twist my leg. Take me sailing on a Sunday. Like, why not? I'll let Jack tell the rest of the story.
1: We all went sailing. It was it was it was a full crew. We had like six people on board what was Um, the boat it was my first boat was a hunter legend 37 Mm -hmm. um her name was spirit she was a very tender bay boat always reefed always going above six knots it was really fun i don't even think i touched the helm that that day it was it was all my my crew doing everything else yeah we went sailing we dropped off all the crew and then i had work for a couple days and then i called sonia texted sonia and said hey you, you want to go sailing you know i'm i'm off of work at whatever time and she was like oh well I'm, I'm in the city working with with a friend doing a varnish job like you can come pick me up there and yeah we'll, like we'll we'll go sailing um and she turns to her friend and she's like so like you you want to go sailing with us like he's gonna come pick us up so i i just poached a slip in, in san francisco and and uh Darius and Sonia walk over and and he looks at me and I look at him and he's like no you're you're going sailing like this is a date like I'm not I'm not going with you you know <laughs> so like it was like a, a gentleman's nod like yes you you you're picking it up I'm picking it up um so Sonya puts down her varnish brush and we go sailing uh and we go out the gate and we chase down tanker ships, and we actually flew the asymmetrical spinnaker for the wow. first time out there, and for then, a first date, for that's that first impressive. Day. And then we go all the way back to the South Bay, and we're underneath the the Bay Bridge. Yeah, this is in this is in February, so the lights are on the Bay Bridge now, like the 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 Bay Lights. Yeah, yeah the yeah. Bay Lights. Yeah. And she calls her friend. She's like, you know, can I invite my friend out? You know, so I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, invite your friend out. Meanwhile, I'm I'm making dinner. I'm making pork chops and a salad, and we grill pork chops on the grill. And we jibe a couple times down the South Bay, and we turn around and pick up her friend at Pier One and a Half, and then I go back to the South Bay because that's that's the chill spot. You yeah. Know? yeah. And they have a Taylor Swift dance party on deck. We eventually <laughs> drop her friend off. And then now it's like 1 in the morning, you know. And Sonia you know, and I sail back to Emory Cove. It was a successful non-date date. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> so how much longer
0: into the relationship did this boat, Gemini, come
1: about? Well, we, we had spirit for three years. Three and, a half. three and a half years. And then we were kind of growing out of the small tender boat we dumped a lot of money into her we redid the battery bank redid the head that was Mm -hmm. our first project as a couple was taking out all the head and holding tank and all that kind of stuff (laughs) um how did
0: that go as a couple did you you must have learned some things about each other working on the boat together
1: well and that was before we started our own business too so we were we want to get to that we were still fresh boat repair sailors as well it was taking out the old tank then making a cardboard mock up and having Miller Plastics make a new polypropylene tank, and then not taking into account not being able to get the 90 degree fittings all the way threaded in. Oh no. And the thickness of a hose clamp worm gear part. You know, it's a quarter inch, quarter inch is a quarter inch. Yeah. So it was getting that tank assembled back in with an eighth of an inch on either side.
2: We actually had to strip the mirrors off of the walls of the head to make enough room to make that holding tank fit into the spot that we had. So that's how close it wow. was. Wow. It's these
0: little details yeah. that you don't even think about. And
2: let me tell you, those mirrors were also 4200 glued to the walls so that was already (laughs) better than
0: 5200 but
2: well yeah i'm not really sure if it was (laughs) i would hope it wasn't 5200 but it probably was honestly um but yeah that was quite the project and it was of course middle of the winter you know new boat owners Mm. that's usually one of the first projects that you have to deal with
0: but it must have gone relatively well because as jack alluded to you guys decided to start a business doing boat projects
2: In order to tell tell you how we started our business, we have to start with the fact that when I met Jack, I was starting to get into learning how to maintain boats. I wanted to learn everything there was to know about, you know, if I had my own boat, what would I need to know how to do kind of idea. So I... Started following around any friend I had that knew anything about boats and just started helping them with varnish projects. That's that's what I was doing when he picked me up for our first date uh-huh. was learning how to varnish. And I knew another woman who had a, a wooden boat who let me just follow her around and I learned about wooden boats. And so I slowly started finding this passion of... Understanding all the nitty-gritty details, not just the beautiful sailing days out on the water.
0: At the time, you didn't have a boat. A lot of people are attracted to the romance of sailing. The reality is you, you're, you're pulling out holding tanks from heads. Where did you get this interest of learning all this nitty-gritty, how to do take care of a boat?
2: I think part of it was just my personality of like wanting to know how things are put together and how they work. Mm -hmm. And and being as self-sufficient as possible has always been my my grandfather used to always joke that I would always say shop puedo," like I can do it. You know, (laughs) my my grandfather from Argentina, he he always remembered that I was just always super independent and wanted to do everything myself. So it kind of sprung from that. But also I wanted to own my first boat. So I felt like Uh. I couldn't afford to just pay someone else to do all the work. And I knew just from talking to people that boats take a lot of work and a lot of maintenance. So that was kind of my like foot in the door as to like, well, if I want to own my own boat and live on it, I have to learn all the nitty gritty details.
0: A lot of people jump into boat ownership without realizing that. I interrupted you, though. So you are on the path to to this business.
2: I was just kind of dipping my feet into boat maintenance in general. And I started working part-time during college with a man in the city who was maintaining a small fleet of boats. Um, so he he paid me to wash the boats and wax and stainless polish and check the bilges and, you know, just kind of general upkeep you know, checking that systems were working, running the heater while I was on the boat, that kind of thing. I did that for maybe, maybe a year or two, and towards the end of that, I actually roped Jack into it as well. When we met, he was a certified BMW technician on the East Coast, and that's how he actually traveled out to California and transferred. So that's how he ended up in the Bay Area, was through his work at BMW. Got it soon after he bought Spirit, his first boat, he realized that he really didn't want to spend as many hours in the shop as he was. And he had a boat to go play around on now. So why be stuck in the shop all day? So the idea of working partially for ourselves, where we could make our own schedule and work together and do something that we were a little more interested in at the time, I think that kind of lured him in just enough to to pull him away from his corporate job.
0: And how far into your relationship did you hatch this idea to start a business together?
2: Within six months, I was living on the boat with him full time. I had given up my apartment. It was like we knew we we worked well together. We knew that we both wanted the same things. And the first couple of weeks of dating, Jack was always like, well, she keeps talking about my boat, like the boat that I'm going to buy. Because I, I didn't know where the relationship was going. So I didn't want to like... Put all my eggs in one basket so i kept talking about the boats that i was looking at and was interested in buying and and he told me later down the road like i just wanted you to like my boat and we could just make it our boat you know so it it quickly turned into our boat and quickly after that i roped him into starting to do the the boat maintenance thing and that eventually turned into both of us getting fired in the middle of winter um or laid off i guess um but Pretty much the the guy who was paying us to do all this work decided that he wasn't making enough money having us do all the work. So he laid us off in the middle of winter and we had no income because we were both working for the same guy. Yeah, that's rough. And we were kind of like, well, now what?
1: There's a Trader Joe's down the road within walking distance. So we walked into Trader Joe's. Sonia had her interview. Then I had my interview. (laughs) We said my... Boyfriend's going to come in after me and ask for a job. And we kind of got hired as a couple. Um, <laughs> they asked, do you want the same shifts or do you want to be separated? Because sometimes I guess people don't want to hang out with of part. them. Yeah. Sometimes a couple right. doesn't want to hang out with each other all the time. But we were like, well, yeah, we kind of want to work together. We got to, you know, divide and conquer. We worked through the winter until it started to get busy enough. Then Sonia got a job at Svensson's. Uh-huh. Well, it was a pay bump from stock and shelves. Then the season kind of changed, and I started to get a couple calls for a little bit of repair here, a wash-down client, you know, down in the South Bay. It was like, well, not good, not something to write home about, but I think I'm okay. I think I can quit. So we walked into the office at Trader Joe's and quit as a couple. I don't know if they'll ever do that again. You kind of hire one person, you get two people, and then they both quit at the same time. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but that was a big jump. It was, it was, all right, let me take a huge pay cut from working for BMW. Now I'm washing boats. Now I'm not washing boats. And then it's, let me run this, own, our own business. And those first couple months were stressful as heck. Like, yeah, I imagine. How are we going to pay the bills? That's, you know, that's that's a lot of repair work, but it just started to pile on. I mean, we had one guy in the south bay that i worked on his boat you know almost every day for two months straight it was one thing after another after another you know his um his dometic uh holding holding or his electric head messed up and it had a uh, accordion baffle type system to pressurize the system Mm -hmm. and i come down to the boat one day and the the baffles had cracked so there was waste all over the ceiling of the engine room and it was (laughs) just it was just a mess and Point, the I only realized, thing worse like,
0: than working on your, the shit on your own boat. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> literally
1: working on the shit own. on somebody. Yeah. Boat. <laughs> so I think it was at that point I realized like these guys, and he never asked me cost for anything. He was, it was, I realized that these guys just don't want to do it. Right. They don't have time. He was yeah, a pilot. We. He wants to come down to the boat, use it as his crash pad, wants it all to work. So, we, you know, we we made that that thing run tip top i had a mechanic down to do mechanics work we waxed it and washed it did all kinds of repairs um and yeah we kind of just jumped into it you know head first um what a fantastic way
0: to learn sonia as you were just saying wanting to learn about boats but to take on projects and
2: and i think what we realized pretty early on into starting our own business was the fact that like there are specialists in the marine industry for like everything you could imagine, but they only do that one thing. Mm. And like, I'm sure they do it really well, but it just means that you have to have like, you know, 12 people on speed dial anytime anything happens, even if it's the smallest little thing. So we found that if we could be really good at finding the problems or, you know, Keeping an eye on leaks or knowing if the bilge pump wasn't working or, you know, testing all the lights on board and making sure they all work when you flip the switch. Like it's all those little things that pile up that often just get get left by the wayside because who are you going to call to fix one light bulb? Right. But if you could if you could have one number to call who can either fix it for you or call the other guy to come fix it for you You guys
0: can be the one-stop shop yeah you have the contacts
2: yeah and we and we quickly found our trusted technicians in the industry that we could hand work off to which we do all the time like we we can't say yes to every job and if we don't feel comfortable doing a project we'll just straight up tell you like that's that's over our head or that's not our specialty here's a contact for someone that we trust to do the work for you yeah and that really that really got us to where we are today where we've we don't have to go out you know making craigslist ads trying to find work we don't have to go stock shelves at trader joe's anymore you know it's been four years now and we've we actually have someone else helping us with washdowns now which was a big upgrade this year
0: you have an employee
2: yeah. She's she's starting out and she's just doing like the bare minimum um just trying to help us with like the monthly washdowns. Yeah. That's um, exciting. And she's been great. She has really like just taken the weight off of our shoulders and let us really flourish in the other aspects of our business that were not getting the attention it needed to really like work. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's it's come a long way from you know, working night shifts at Trader Joe's and then trying to go to to that one Craigslist ad that someone responded to and seeing if it's <laughs> even worth your time. and you know, there was definitely a big learning curve. But
0: before we go any farther, tell me the name of the business so people so listeners know.
2: So our business was named after our first boat, Spirit. So okay. it's Spirit Marine Services.
0: Spirit Marine Services.
2: And yeah, and that's spiritmarineservices.com. Spirit spiritmarineservices.com. Great. On Instagram or keep it simple.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jack, what were some of the challenges in terms after that first hurdle of
1: finding the clients and getting enough work? So it was uh, then overbooking. Ah. It was, oh, wow, I have way too many appointments that I need to get to, and I'm going to let down somebody. Yeah. So I mean that was immediate. It was like a week. It was like a light bulb. Wow. Um it was overbooking and then realizing that the boat repair business is triple your estimated time and double your estimated cost and you might be okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then it was, you know, turning off the computer at night, not sitting and scouring parts diagrams and Mm -hmm. you know obsessing about invoices and the books and so it was like oh i was working overtime in the shop all the time and i wanted to get away from that so now just let me just work overtime on my own business and (laughs) constantly work and constantly work and constantly work yeah (laughs) well
0: actually i wanted to ask about that because you still have projects on your own boat i mean you learn a lot that you can then use on your own boat but is there I mean when you come back I would imagine the last thing you want to do on your time off is tackle a boat project.
1: You know, that's funny. Um I actually find it the opposite. I have huh? a I especially recently I have a hard time getting out of my own boat and going and working <laughs> and making money because I'm so wrapped up in the boat world, you yeah. know. I just I want to fix my own boat and make her perfect. But no it, it's good when we get a good uh, a, a decent hef- hefty you know upgrade project on the client's boat because I like to research the pr- the parts and I like drawing up the diagrams and going parts shopping and um, mm-hmm. you know I, I like the I like the whole the whole encompassing job not just actually turning the wrench and installing the solar panel and it is it,
0: it, talk, talk about the difference I mean I know the sense of doing upgrades on my own boat, and there's a real sense of, okay, I'm doing this, like you were talking about, wanting to make her perfect. Doing it for somebody else's boat, does that sense of accomplishment
1: still hold? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's a there's a boat in Berkeley Marina that we did a, an arch and a solar panel install on, and, yeah. and it's right when you take the right to go down to the boatyard, and I could see that project that, that we did, you know, and it's ah. right there. It's just... You know, I've I've got, we've got four or five other boats that are in these two marinas that I could see from the parking lot, the upgrades that we did. You know, there was a guy that, that hired us in Richmond to install a windlass and install a battery charger and an extra battery and um, VHF and a couple of things. And then, you know, um, he said, I'm off to Mexico. And, you know, a lot of times when people say I've got cruising goals, it's like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Boom, he's gone. You hmm. know, so now we know that that boat's down the Zia Cortez, and that that Lo Franz windlass is getting used, and That's and great. we had to modify that design to raise the windlass off the deck. So I had to have pieces of starboard CNC'd, and then um, you know, so it was it was more of just a it was more than just just slapping the parts together. Which, as you were s- we were talking thing. before, um,
0: boat projects are almost always that way, right? Yeah, there's
1: some unique aspect to the boat right yeah it's, you have to you can look at the engineering diagram and drawing and then you have to engineer your own side yeah. of it you know the boat didn't have an, an extra battery for the windlass it didn't have a windlass location at all you know there wasn't a the a chain safeguard on the on the bowsprit or anything mm-hmm. the roller was different like it was it was start from scratch but it turned out great it turned out great and it was all wired properly and but i i I like the whole um the projects the projects part of it it's really cool when we get a new client that wants us to maintain boat the boat monthly mm. because we can go in there we can do a deep clean we can open up every compartment and mm-hmm. really take the the boat under our wing and make sure that that we can check every system and make sure she's safe and then then we can go in and say okay this is the maintenance items that we need to accomplish how many of your clients? What percentage of your
0: clients are are regular like that versus one off projects that you do?
1: Uh well, we out of the fifteen boats that we maintain, we maintain all of those monthly. Out of those boats, as of this year, I've I've haven't taken on that many outside projects. Well, I first met you guys when I In the boat brought yard.
0: my birthday marine <laughs> center. Yeah, at the boatyard, uh, totally appropriate. And I, um, you. And uh, Sonia, you were working the desk there at Berkeley Marine Center, and um, I needed a, a, a buffer, I guess. You guys said, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Use ours. So that was <laughs> your generosity benefited me greatly. I have to thank you for that. But you mentioned that the, that one boat you put the windlass on took off for Mexico. And it's always good to see
1: people going off cruising. You guys have cruising plans? Oh yes, big big cruising plans, and and I think this Channel Islands trip was, it was it was more more of a mini mini cruise out than a vacation. You know, it was when we were coming back up the coast. It was it didn't feel like a, a sentence to be back in the bay. It was more like a well, now we have five more months to you know crank out as much work as we can yeah. because we're off to Canada after that. So before we get to Canada back to the channel island
0: trip there was something about your posts that really i got that sense that this was a shakedown cruise
2: first off we left on september 13th with no actual return date ah so we knew we had give or take a month to do the trip jack had an appointment in the bay area for October 18th so that was kind of our tentative like okay we got to be back back to real life by then but we didn't really know how long we were going to be down there we kind of just said let's go and when it stops being fun or when we really have to come back then we will so it was the first first big trip we had while having someone help keep our business running which was a big trial run Um, So that was really awesome. Like that was, again, part of the whole shakedown cruise was how do we continue our business, but also do the things we want to do on our own boat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So that was a big, big part of it for sure. And then I also quit my job at the boatyard, which I was working there two days a week in order to kind of jump into a whole new career of some sort Um, I started managing some social media accounts for a couple of marine businesses. Mm. So I kind of just started noticing that marine businesses in general are not always great at the whole online world. You know, Mm -hmm. they can sell the most amazing marine hardware and the most amazing products. And they they do exactly what they say they're going to do. But in terms of showing them off in the online space, they're a lot of the companies were really lacking in that so i i kind of combined my forces and decided that that could be something fun and to you have experience
0: do. with some of that because you guys do videos uh to the horizon is your yeah handle, right? so
2: we have a youtube channel and it's to the horizon sailing and it's t-w-o because you know there's two of us there's there's a third little fluffy <laughs> crew member, but she doesn't do much. Three so to the hor-
0: horizon doesn't. Yeah, sound, yeah. <laughs> doesn't she, roll off the tongue. She either. hasn't
2: hoisted any sails, so we don't count her in our in our YouTube title. <laughs> but yeah, so we we've had a sailing channel for a couple years now, and we have a lot of fun sharing our trials and tribulations and success stories, and also major failures. <laughs> um, you know, just the learning curve of owning a boat of yeah doing a lot of our work ourselves which you know we've we've tackled some really hefty projects that i never thought we would be tackling but you know it's a boat so she has a way of throwing those curveballs at you um so yeah this this channel islands trip was really like a major shakedown cruise in terms of like how long can we sustain this and and what tweaks do we need to make to our income stream and to our lifestyle and to our boat so it was kind of the the trifecta of like will all this work together all at the same time
0: (laughs) yeah and jack do uh are you feeling more confident less confident what did you come away saying oh i need to do this to the boat because i know the the list is always there
1: yeah i'm confident that we don't get uncomfortable yeah you know we're always we're always cozy as hell Um, This is a very cozy boat. uh, We all the trips we've done, we we haven't felt like oh I need to get off the boat. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we had her parents down, and her mom likes to go on walks and everything. So we would try to find an anchorage that we could go to a beach. But I was like, I don't really want to walk. I want to sit here and (laughs) read my book and hang out. You know, Um, but Jim and I showed her colors as, um, as when you run that engine a lot. You're going to have to keep on maintaining that engine. We had some transmission problems um, Mm. that couldn't have been checked uh, until they reared their ugly head. Um, More of a uh, design flaw with the way the transmission adapter plate attaches to the bell housing Mm. plate. Um, And also we got to see realistically how long it takes to fill the water tanks with the water maker and how much power that uses Mm -hmm. um we realized that we needed a bigger solar array to charge up the batteries and to to run the soul to run the water maker
2: okay i need to step in because jack just kind of just like moseyed over a really important part of our trip which was our transmission problem that we had (laughs) so let me paint the picture for you we we had been sailing around Santa Cruz Island for a couple weeks. We had had my parents out. It was great. Um, you know, we took them to shore in Santa Barbara. We spent a couple nights there. Then we went back out to the islands and we were on the offshore side of Santa Cruz Island where there are only a handful of anchorages. It's very remote. There's no cell phone reception on the offshore side of the island. Even our satellite communications when we were in the Tucked in Anchorages that we were at mm-hmm. got really bad reception because of all the mountains around us. Mm. We had spent the night at Albert's Anchorage, which we spent a beautiful night there. It was calm, it was really peaceful, we had amazing stars. And a boat came in just just at sunset that parked kind of in front of us and the next morning, we decided to mosey on to a different spot. And as we were leaving the anchorage, we passed this boat that was anchored in front of us. You know, we kind of do the, the general boater wave, like, how's it going, you know? And, and only seconds after that, we hear the engine just make this, like, horrid, like, oh, God. noise. And we're like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Obviously, we... Immediately turn off the engine, we emergency anchored. I dumped out all of the chain we had. Just luckily our Mantis anchor set like a charm Mm. really easily and quickly, which kept us at bay so we could figure out what was going on with our engine. And as soon as we looked down in the engine bay, we see that our transmission was virtually hanging off the engine. Like it was barely really attached anymore. Of course, the first thing you think is, oh, crap, now what? <laughs> We're stuck without cell phone reception. There was only about three knots of breeze, so we couldn't even use our sails to get anywhere. And so, of course, it means we have to pull out every, every tool we have and every boat part we have and try and fix the problem. Luckily and unluckily, we had actually had this issue when we bought the boat. When we bought Gemini, she had a repowered engine that had less than 300 hours on it. In our minds, we thought, perfect. We won't have to worry about the engine for years to come. She was, you know, brand new pretty much. And we soon found out that there were a lot of corners cut with the repower and Mm. there were a lot of underlying issues we would have never expected to have on a 300 hour old engine so we replaced all four injectors we had a cracked heat exchanger we replaced the the exhaust riser to make sure it had enough rise so we didn't have backflow issues which of course was the first problem with the first engine that they took out of the boat was they had water backflow through the exhaust elbow but they hadn't actually fixed the design of the exhaust elbow to keep it from happening to the next (laughs) engine so, you know, we, we slowly found all these different things that were happening with the engine.
0: It's like having a heart bypass surgery and yeah. then going back and eating donuts for breakfast. Every <laughs> exactly.
2: Year. So we did about eight months of work on the engine. And one of the problems we had was this crazy rattling noise that we couldn't figure out. And turns out when we started taking the engine apart, we found that one of the bolts that held the bell housing of the transmission onto the adapter plate that connects then to the transmission. So there's like an inch and a quarter thick aluminum plate that becomes the cheese in the sandwich between the transmission and the bell housing pretty much. That adapter plate is held on by four bolts that are mounted on the inside of that whole unit. So you can only access those four bolts From the inside of the bell housing. Which means Mm. you have to take the whole transmission off and apart. And then you can get those bolts. Well, one of those bolts broke and rattled loose. And was shooting around in our engine in the bell housing. So that was the problem that we had originally on Gemini.
0: Why do those bolts come
2: loose? Good question. (laughs) Apparently they were installed properly by the qualified mechanic and it, it could have never happened but it did it's so you know it was one of those freak freak accidents uh, so
0: you had lost one bolt when you first had the boat and then you just lost a so one here.
2: so we we found that bolt that was broken and we fixed it originally when we bought the boat and we put a whole new system together but we we put it back with aluminum bolts because it was all aluminum pieces right. in between. Right, keep the same metal. And the whole, yeah, you don't want to have dissimilar metals. What we think happened this time was those aluminum bolts were not strong enough and between heating up and cooling down, heating up, cooling down with, you know, running the engine hard for four years after doing that repair and... A myriad of other things we had we had shot engine mounts we didn't know about which we i'm actually editing a video about right now
0: oh, <laughs> look forward to that <laughs> replacing
2: all four engine mounts and our whole drivetrain and everything so i think there was a couple different factors that went into that bolt failing again but needless to say we put stainless bolts in this time because we said screw it i'd rather have them be dissimilar metals and be way stronger right then deal with that later down the road Put some
0: anti-corrosion yeah (laughs) stuff on there yeah
2: so we emergency anchor we find that the transmission is pretty much hanging from the engine and we immediately knew that that was the problem because we had had this problem before right we we kind of had this crazy combination of having the right parts for the job which we m- just happened to have the bolts that we needed to replace these transmission bolts from another completely different project. Mm. And having the parts we needed to replace it all and also just knowing what everything looked like because we had taken it apart ourselves before.
0: It is, it's a combination of, uh, of experience, skill, and luck. You know, having the right pieces, be, but because you've done other so many other projects, you have spare parts, you've seen the problem before we
2: were rummaging through a cardboard box full of random stainless parts and luckily we found the four bolts we needed
1: yeah it had happened to be a three-eighths by 16 bolt that was allen head and we 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 put um paddleboard holder racks on the boat and Uh They had this 3-8, 16-bolt with Allen head, <laughs> and I went to the to the to BMC and got a whole bunch of different bolts because I had to, of course, modify the paddleboard rack holder to make it fit the boat, and I needed a, a certain length, so I bought a whole variety of lengths, and I just so happened to have five of them, and I needed four. Wow. But I mean, they
0: didn't have to be Allen.
1: Head, they had they? to be Allen for this transmission plate. Wow. Yeah. So the other kicker was I first, first we, we removed the aqua drive, got that out of, out of the way. Then I disconnected the, the shifter. Um, then I moved some exhaust pieces out of the way. Then I unbolted the bell housing and we tied a piece of lineage to it and both of us winched it out of there. and got it on the um, cabin sole, uh, the transmission with the bell housing plate attached to it. And then there was one bolt head that broke off. Mm. So I got really lucky that I was able to drill into the bolt and then extract it with the extractor set that I had without damaging any of the threads. So then I had that broken bolt out and then went and rummaged through my big box of spare bolts and got really lucky. Got really lucky, put Loctite on it, broke out the torque wrench, and put it all back together in three and a half hours. Wow. (laughs) Wow. And this was while we were outside of the Anchorage in deep water and ocean swell, uh, middle of the day. So after a couple ginger ale cool-down breaks on the bow, I was like, well, it's not too bad. I'm in a really nice place. You know, it can't be the end of the world. But this was, this was only, um, you know, part of the what do you need to get ready for the yeah. next cruise. Uh, yeah. uh, about a week before that, our batteries took a crap on us and wouldn't mm. accept a charge anymore. So we were already running on absolutely bare minimum electrical. The The batteries would keep the fridge barely on overnight. And then it was a lot of engine uh, charging of the batteries in the morning or moving in an Anchorage. Um, and then right when that sun would go down, all the lights would go off. The headlamps would be broken out. We had a Lucy light inside and it was definitely camping. And I always brag to Sonia's parents, oh, we never camp. This is luxury. Like we... We don't, we don't skimp at all, you know. We're, and we're of course, totally that's when prepared. they show up. They yeah, show sure. up and it's like, okay, you got your extra headlamp, right? You know, we were- burning. Don't keep the fridge open. Yeah, don't keep the fridge open. Use the foot pump for the water. We've got our oil lamps if you really need them, you know. No, but this, this trip was, it was, how much bait are we gonna use? How much fish do we need to catch to feed us? How much water do you use?
0: So you, you you learned a lot from from this shakedown. What are the
1: plans now? So the plan, the almighty plan. Um, we went to go. I north. won't hold you to it because I know cruising plans. Yeah, are <laughs> yeah. It's, it. I th- I think we can pull it off. I think I think it's okay to talk about. All right. Um, uh, I want to uh, circumnavigate Vancouver Island. Oh. Wow. And we decided since we're up in these northern latitudes, we might as well go north before we go south. Um. And Sonia just did a delivery up to Blaine, Washington. So that was kind of yes. our scope out the area, see which ports are acceptable, how bad is Cape Mendocino, how long does it take to get up into the Straits of Juan de Fuca. That is our goal. We want to spend the the summer up there. It starts to get nasty outside the gate here in April, May, definitely June. So I think we're going to leave... Leave here around um, beginning of April. Okay. So we'll do April, May, June, July um, to circumnavigate Vancouver Island, and really we could spend multiple seasons up there. I mean, it's there's so much to see. Oh, I've done a little sailing on the inside of Vancouver, Nanaimo,
0: right. Sailing, but oh, I would love to see the outside. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah so there's there's a lot of cool stuff to see. Um, we're really excited that our original owners of Gemini uh reached out to us they found our YouTube channel and and emailed us a few years back and they live up in the Seattle area oh cool so we've got to get up there um and and go meet them and the boat was named Europa so they always refer to her as Europa <laughs> um but we hope that they approve of all of our uh upgrades and she's well, changed a lot since uh since they owned her i'm sure but she couldn't have two better caretakers <laughs> we try our best every every addition i do i say is this gonna be okay for neil and betty you know like um so so we'll do that through the summer uh-huh. we will come back down to the bay make sure um spirit marine services is still doing its thing and then head to mexico and the big timing thing is do we beat the haha or do we go after the haha uh-huh cuz i don't really want to be sailing with the haha with mean, the haha and yeah. we've seen the channel islands we'll definitely go back um for uh, a couple more nights um but we'll probably say our goodbyes to f- her family in santa barbara and then i'd like to see norport beach and then yeah, then we we'll, then we'll get into Mexico. Nice. Um and we have we have a couple repairs lined up that we want to do in Mexico. Mhm. Um and then uh, sp- s- things that are specifically less expensive down there or what why Mexico? Uh yeah, the California is so expensive for labor. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and we need to do chain plates. Okay. Um so I will probably take apart the cabinetry and grind out the old chain plates. Yeah. Um but those guys are gonna be able to make me new chain plates and get them installed. that's good to know, and while we're at it, I'd like to put a copper coat bottom job on, mm-hmm. and I don't wanna do the sanding yeah um California doesn't allow you to media blast, okay, but Florida and Mexico do so i'm gonna we we just heard of a forty four foot boat that was down there in the same boat yard that had their bottom um media blasted in three days. So what is media blasting? Uh, sand blasting. Sand blasting, okay. Yeah. So that would take me weeks to sand through yeah. 30 plus years of bottom paint. Yeah. With the copper coat as we all know it's all about the prep. Yeah. And then it equally is the application and the dry hull and I think that I'm going to have them do it because this yard has a reputation of being doing, doing it. it well. And it and it lasts for it, it a decade, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, we have f- we have friends that had theirs on for twelve years and they did a rough up application and you know, it'll last them last them quite a while. Which is really appealing instead of uh, getting covered in blue paint every couple yeah. of years. And <laughs> even though you say, Oh, it's that's raw copper, that's you know, that's what's bad for the environment, us sanding a boat every two years. Yeah, or having a blade of paint that is supposed to rub off in the ocean right. that is that is worse. Yeah. So we're 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 excited to go uh do our cruising schedule into the Sea of Cortez and don't really have an end date for that area. We're also excited to get new chain plates put on. That's the one down, downfall of these boats in particular with all the cabinetry. Especially with COVID, we don't really have that many you know pressing dates to get across the Pacific. Yeah. Um We'll kind of see where that goes. So one step at a time. One, one, Yeah, one anchorage at a time.
0: I love it. Anything that we haven't talked about that you guys want to mention, Sonia?
2: If you trust your abilities and you trust your gut, which is something we've gotten a lot more in tune with, is like if something doesn't feel right, it's probably for a reason. Like listen to that. Don't just push through. Don't, you know, don't rush timelines. Don't push the weather. And most of the time, your boat will get you to where you need to go, you know, like you don't need a lot and you and you don't really know what you need until you've used your boat.
0: Yeah, like right.
2: From day 1 on our first boat, we were spending 3 nights out of our week sailing the bay day or night, you know, learning how to identify the channel markers in between all the traffic lights on the East Bay and, you know, and figuring out what do you really need on board to be I comfortable think that's and safe? so
0: key. And I was talking to uh, somebody else uh, recently raised that issue. I think it was Lynn Party who, who was saying, you know, so many people are saying, oh, I need this and this and this before I even go off. Get out there. See what
2: you do need. Yeah. See yeah, what you don't and need. And that's kind of what we've tried to do with with both of our boats. But with Gemini in particular, you know, she was a big step up going into, like, the cruising boat world. Yeah. But she was very, very bare bones when we bought her. Like, nothing was really upgraded. It was Hank on sails. It was a manual windlass. No electronics. It was, you know, bare minimum everything. But her bones were really good. Mm -hmm. And she was well built and she was maintained properly to where she wasn't falling apart and nothing was rotten. And so we used the boat like the first, I think only a month after we got her, we sailed down to Santa Cruz for Thanksgiving and cooked a nine and a half pound turkey in our (laughs) oven. And, you know, we found out that a nine and a half pound turkey was just about the limit as to what we could fit in our tiny boat oven, you know, but we wouldn't have known that if we didn't try it. So like just (laughs) using your boat and using what you have and like trying, trying the little coastal cruises that are in your area, like. We've been up to Drake's Bay, we've gone down to Santa Cruz and Monterey and Half Moon Bay. Like it's just pushing your limit a little bit, but also learning like what what you need to be safer, to be more comfortable. Like last year on our Channel Islands trip, we realized that after two days nonstop sitting at the helm, you really want some comfortable cockpit cushions. Yeah. So, this year before our trip, Jack busted out our sail right and made us some sewing sweet, machine. Yep. Yeah, our sweet sail right sewing machine and made us some awesome cushions. Nice. And our booties thanked us the whole way back <laughs> up the coast.
0: <laughs> Everything from size of the oven for turkeys for Thanksgiving to yeah. uh, how sore your butt's going to be. But that's what shakedown cruises are for, or just getting out there and doing it jacksonia thank you this has been awesome and i look forward to following your adventures to the horizon and beyond (laughs) yeah
2: thanks so much for having us it's been great to connect we've we've followed your boating adventures from the day you you brought your boat across that's right you've been there from the very beginning so it's exciting to see you flourish into your new boating adventures as well yeah
0: (laughs) wonderful (laughs) thanks thank you ben that's it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed the interview. See what Jack and Sonia have been up to lately at tothehorizon.com. That's T W O thehorizon.com. Or find them on Instagram and YouTube at the same handle. You can find me on Instagram at OutTheGateSailing or reach out to me via email at outthegatesailing at gmail.com. I'm Ben Shaw, host and producer of the show. And until next time, smooth sailing.